back to Witch Season. Season of the Witch, although it's not Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, but it's Season of the Witch, John Morgan hasn't seen. Yes, how have I only just made that joke? Oh my god. What? It's episode 3 of Season of the Witch, on Morgan hasn't seen. <laughs> Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. It's a, it's a whole big circle. It is, it is. I'm excited. Can you tell? I can tell. I can definitely tell. You're hyped about witches. I'm always hyped about witches. There's so much witchiness on the whole It's a Wonderful podcast feed this well, month, I mean, You weren't hyped about my witch picks. You were all worried they were going to be four witches in the city. Uh, yes. Open up a fashion house. Um, and they were just going to be la-di-da witch movies that had no substance. And... Uh, Today's pick is no exception of your original thoughts, so um, I'm excited to get into this movie and what you really thought if it uh, defied well, yeah. uh, your expectations. Definitely, because the movie we're talking about today is 1998's Practical Magic with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Yes, and, uh, directed, by rotting, uh, directed by Rotting Corpse himself, uh, Griffin Dunn. <laughs> yes, it is. So to keep um, the circle of Halloween vibes going. <laughs> true, true. Let's go with the rotting corpse himself. Yes, uh, I like that. Um, but yeah, you, it's only because I only thought this was for witches in the city build a fashion house because you told me when I was nervous about these movies being for witches in the city build a fashion house that this movie was a little bit for witches in the city build a fashion house. But it isn't. It isn't that at all. Janine, you were you were lying to me. <laughs> I wasn't lying. I just felt like this was the most, like, you know, 90s, uh, you know, kind when, of when, modern witches. Yeah. And I think I was mostly just kind of focusing on the Midnight Margarita scene that gave those kind of, like... Vibes. Yes, okay, that's true. What I mean when I say four witches in the city build a fashion house is basically just sex in the city, but they're witches for some reason. Not that they ever do anything <laughs> witchiness, but just exactly that, but instead they're witches. That's it. That's what I picture. Okay. But it okay, isn't okay. that. <laughs> Practical magic isn't that at all. I do know that at the start of this episode, before we uh, get on into the main discussion, that we actually have a voice message that we couldn't actually play in the last one, but we do have it now because it's talking about The Craft, which was last week's episode of Morgan Hasn't Seen. Um, I mean, that was a 90s witch movie that was modern, Yes, but I mean, it was teenage modern, so they're not going to be opening a fashion house because you know, no, it was also super dark house. and twisted it and was. horrible. I mean, it is it is considered horror, so it um, is. It's a yeah. straight horror. No, that's true. Actually, Practical Magic is in no way a horror movie. No, so that's it's every of... other damn genre in the world. But your, it's no way. Your general description of Four Witches in the City open a fashion house. I just thought you were kind of generalizing, like a. Uh, bubbly type of witch as opposed to a more darker devilish witch so in that i did kind of say practical magic was more of a that kind of light-hearted bubbly witch movie 
That um, is true. That isn't as, you know, demonic as something like the crown. That is true. Okay. So, so I figured you were just making like a, a over-exaggerated generalization. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> yes. But I also definitely pictured sex in the city, but for some okay. reason they were all wearing witch hats. Okay. <laughs> Don't know why. Don't know why. Anyway, voice message for yes. last week, Janine. Yeah, so poor Billy did make, didn't make it quite uh, under the wire of our episode, so definitely going to share it here. So these were Billy's thoughts on last week's episode, The Craft. Hey, Morgan and Janine. So I saw you were doing witches for the month of October, and I thought it was very crafty. And I saw you were doing The Craft, which I think is one of the best witch movies ever. Um, everybody is great in this movie. I love Nancy, especially. And honestly, I'm really, really glad I got to watch it. And I'm glad the Coven did a watch along of that as well. But you can watch the main show, Machine Mondays, and Morgan Hasn't Seen. All right. Happy October. And uh, yeah, don't end up like Nancy. <laughs> Billy's getting into it. Billy's, gotta, Billy's trying to act yeah. in some of his voice messages these days. I like we got a little. I like we got a little warning there at the end as well. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a it's a good piece of advice, really. I mean, don't don't be like any of the witches in the craft, really. I mean, they're all they're all in their own way, kind of twisted. He sounds like like the the. Uh obligatory old man at the cemetery who's always warning the protagonists to stay away get out of this town (laughs) (laughs) don't don't go into that old creepy house at the end of the road at midnight on october the 30th why do you need need someone to warn you of that like really are you that stupid (laughs) (laughs) yes yes it sounds like a it's like a scooby-doo thing isn't it yeah, that's exactly what it is. There's like really, there's a really great. Uh, I think it's like a Geico commercial or something where these kids are like running away from a killer, and they're like, "Oh, let's go hide behind this wall of chainsaws." <laughs> and they're like, "Why don't we get into the running car?" No, let's go hide in this creepy barn instead. <laughs> like they're just, and literally, like the killer is behind them, and he like takes his mask off, and he's just shaking his head like these kids are. Stupid. <laughs> Like it's a really great I like commercial. That. I like that. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, you know, slashers wouldn't be the same without significant stupidity in them. They wouldn't be. That is true. They wouldn't be. But I don't think the craft had any um character stupidity really. No. I mean I guess But also the craft is overuse of overuse of power. Definitely. Um, maybe was kind of stupid on nancy's part but yes and thank you for checking out the craft and and plugging our watch along which was really fun me and my girls did a watch along we're hoping to do another watch along with the new oh yeah which will be coming out next week I is think. it so we're definitely going to try now that um our fourth you know in the craft they were looking for their fourth our fourth is back she is to civilization so uh we're definitely going to try to plan to do a watch along of the uh sequel Good. I like that. I mean, it will definitely be at one of those times where I am asleep. Probably, yes. I would like to get involved, but I don't think I'll be able to. But that's nice. I like that. We did talk a little bit about uh, um, some excitement for the craft legacy 
on last week's yes. show, actually, as well, didn't we? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So that's nice. Thank you, though, Billy, for that uh, call for last week. I think he also has a call for today. So he's, he's he all does. about them. He's all about them. He yes, likes leaving yes. his calls, and we like playing his calls. This is the good thing. Yes, thank you, Billy. About <laughs> anchor voice messaging. You can do yes. that kind of thing, <laughs> and it's fun to hear what other people think. It's the beauty of it. Yes. But yes, I'm glad he enjoyed the craft. So did I in all its dreadful darkness. <laughs> in a slightly different way, I enjoyed Practical Magic as well. I mean, it wasn't as dark. It had a little bit of murdery murdery in there. And a little bit of possession. And, and witchy rituals. Witchy rituals were, were involved, yes. But it was definitely... Well, it's a rom-com at heart, isn't it? Yes, which was... This was something kind of I recognised, like, that I didn't really think about. This movie does kind of cover a lot of different styles and genres. Like, you have, like, a haunting, you have a possession, you have, you know, your general witches, uh, and you do have a rom-com. You have a little bit of drama as well, um, you know, like, family kind of drama. Um, So, yeah, it does kind of cover a lot of different genres while it all kind of working and not feeling overwhelming or muddling or muddled. So, yeah. uh, yeah, like I don't think I really thought about that until this recent watch that it kind of covers a lot of bases without feeling too cluttered. Uh, so I, I did really appreciate that about this movie. Oh, definitely not. It doesn't feel cluttered at all. It all kind of blends really well. I mean, it's a little bit of a crime thriller as well. In yeah. You've got a detective coming in looking for, you know, uh, what happened to this guy and yeah so we got kind of a <laughs> a cop drama a little bit yeah, in there it's, too it's, it's, so. it's a very <laughs> eclectic blend of genres but it does yeah. work it does work it's a very very fun movie they are all kind of you you get this sort of centuries old lore as well which i always like and you always yeah. kind of need when you're putting a witch movie in modern time you always need that history we even got that with teen witch with the the books (laughs) and you know madam what was her name madam serene madam serena madam serena in a house of love potions or whatever the hell it was called Um, but it was historical lore and we liked that Um, but you get it yeah we open you get it in this as well we do open we do open with um, we open with um, the the original kind of witch of this whole family, and uh, you know, in old kind of witchy times, old witchy where, times, you know, people yes. were. <laughs> is that it is a phrase? Uh, yeah, it is. A... <laughs> it is. It is a historical phrase. Um, and she was being hung, and uh, you know, mostly by all of the wives who who were whose husbands were seduced yeah. by this witch. Um, the, the witch, and she's being hung. The witch has been going around <laughs> to all the townsfolk, sleeping with everybody because that's what witches do. They do whatever the hell they want, and the Puritan yes. wives didn't like that. No. Um. So they show kind of her hanging, and as she jumps from you know the rope 
it breaks and she's able to get away. And of course, everyone's, oh my gosh. <laughs> and she gets away and she is pregnant when she leaves yeah. by someone who she was in love with. And she kind of always hoped every day he would come for her and he never came. And she, you know, gave birth to her child and ultimately kind of uh, had a broken heart. So because of that, she cursed all the women in her family that um, if they ever fall in love, the subject of their love would die. Don't you just love a witch curse? (laughs) Yes. So she transferred her pain to, you know, her generations of family to come after her. Doesn't it remind you slightly of I Married a Witch? Kind of, yes. All these kind of familial <laughs> curses and, you know... Uh, Basically, I just... Th- seducing, seducing of mortal men. <laughs> witches just really are into cursing generations of men who love yes. them, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, because somebody somewhere down the line did them wrong. And they say, yes. well, no, everybody that ever exists now... I place a curse on you. Yes. It's like Vincent Price's excellent um, little monologue from the start of the haunt of the haunted palace. <laughs> um, it's just for you and your children and your children's children shall forever bear my curse. Yes, it's very sinister. Or whatever he says. Um, <laughs> Paraphrase. But this thing, this curse, is a curse um, from a witch to other witches potentially true. Which I, I guess it affects it affects the mortal men but it also affects the witches as we learn with uh the young versions of sandra bullock and nicole kidman yeah. uh their father died because there is like this beetle that you hear and you know that's kind of the sign that death is looming for your love uh so their father dies because of this curse and their mother ends up dying as well of a broken heart yeah um, and it seems like the generations are always born with two sisters. <clears throat> yeah. It seems like one with red hair and one with, <laughs> with dark hair. Look, I mean, I Sandra that's... Bullock and Nicole Kidman yeah. couldn't look least, you know, couldn't look less like sisters if they wanted to. Yes. Um, <laughs> so they do go live with their aunts, played by Dan Weston, um, Stalker Channing, yes. who are sisters as well. So I think, yeah, it's a generational thing of sisters. So there's a lot of kind of sisterly bond things in here that I really appreciated as I do have older sisters. Yes. So, but this is what um, we like about witch movies, is that witch movies are inherently feminine things anyway. So what better yes. to showcase feminine power than good sisters? Yes, and I think that's kind of what wins out in the end when, you know, we do deal with lots of possession and curses and, you know, Sandra Bullock is trying to get her sister back, that sisterly bond and a callback to something they did to kind of bond themselves earlier on comes back to kind of save the day. So I do like the sisters and that whole kind of emotional bond. It was highly featured and a kind of important part of their magic. Definitely. Look, it's a big part of why I like witches and witch movies in general because i always feel like i'm always on the side of the witches you know um even in the witches even in the witches even in the witches because quite frankly old norwegian grandmas are more terrifying than the grand high witch um that's maybe a little bit harsh there's a new witches movie actually isn't there now there's uh I knew the witches mm, movie. Yeah. Are we not into mm, that? Yeah. Um, well, I do like the, you know, 
making the grandmother and the grandchild black. So, you know, diversity. Oh, that's who um, Octavia Spencer's playing. Yeah, so she's the Norwegian grandmother. Okay. (laughs) Yes, but Anne Hathaway just has been doing this thing in recent years where she's trying to be posh and like, a snooty socialite type and she puts on this fake British accent and, nah, nah, and it's just <laughs> very over the top and fake. Okay. She did that whole thing in that in that Hustlers movie or I think I can't remember what, The Hustle or whatever. Oh, Hustle, there was a movie um, called Hustlers it, I think. Yes, but I think I think this was called the the hustle oh, or something. Know. It was like it was the gender bent remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels uh, with okay. her and, and Rebel Wilson. She was doing this faking, no, I'm so sophisticated thing in that movie. Um, and just another thing, she's just put on this fake. I think she did it in Ocean's Eight as well, where she was just playing this posh, like over the top, okay. sophisticated like lady thing, and it just feels forced and corny and. You know, and so in the trailers, it felt like she was doing that same okay. fakey British. Well, we'll have to see. Want to be posh thing. We'll have to see. And, and, uh, she, she, she will never, you know, be Angelica Houston. No. And I don't feel like she. I don't feel like she's trying to make it her own. I feel like she's trying to do a hollow version of Angelica Houston. At least that's the sense I got from the trailer. So I'll probably watch it. Yeah. To see for myself before I, you, you know, really bash on it. But the trailer was giving me those vibes of that fakey, posh, sophisticated lady thing that she's been doing that's really annoying. You are going to have to do very, very well to get better than Angelica Houston as the Grand High Witch, to be fair. And even the makeup, like, they're kind of just doing this creepy, like, evil Pennywise toothy mouth thing. Toothy mouth. scary part of... Yeah, it's like a wide... Like she has these slits on the side of her mouth, so her mouth opens really wide and scary, and she's like oh, sharp, scary. Is like that's, Pennywise. That's this. <laughs> yes, that's the scary thing about her not like the whole looking okay. like a terrible witch and wearing a mask, and you know, well, like I've she seen a lot a of people are doing compared. Um, no, I think she just has these slits on her oh. mouth, and then her mouth actually opens up to well, like be terrifying, and she probably is wearing a wig and is bald as well, but. Yeah, no, she has definitely to not the same. I don't like intense this. witchy look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Grand High Witch definitely wears a mask. That is a fact. <laughs> yes. So I don't know. I mean, we. Say, I'll, I'll give it a shot because I love Octavia. But mm. true, true. <laughs> Octavia Spencer, yes, applause always. But I just realised we're complaining about changes to a Roald Dahl property when. We happen to love a movie that has so yes. many changes to a Roald Dahl. <laughs> and a Roald Dahl was not happy with, right? That he hated. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. You're up, Charlie. Apart from that. That was for you, Billy. For you. <laughs> um, no, I, I, might, I might watch the new Witches if I hear favourable things. I think. Yeah, so uh, yeah, she, I feel like she's just gonna do that thing that I hate. That's just so fake and forced. Ugh. But I will give it a shot. I will. I will give it a okay. shot. There's plenty of other witch so. movies we can watch anyway. You know. Um, yes, like practical, like magic. practical magic. Which, first off, I'm very, very pleased it's not set in the city and is in fact set in New England. Like prime yes. Massachusetts witch territory, full on near the sea. Yes. It looks like the witch, and obviously I love you know clearly I love witch movies set in New England. 
i.e. The Witch, a New England folktale. The best witch movie of the last <laughs> ever. Um, maybe not ever, but you know, it's up there. It's yes. up there. And it's dark and it's twisted and it's nasty. But we do actually get some dark moments in this movie. I think when they're little and they're growing up with the ants, they are showing them about magic and things like that. Um, and as little girls, they see this woman come to the house and she's very frantic. And she's like, I love this man. I'm obsessed with him. He's all I think about. You need to make him love me. You need to make him love yeah. me. And so they help her do the spell so that the man she loves will be obsessed with her too. And so this is just another sign to Sandra Bullock's character, just on top of the fact that their mother died because she was in love um, and just seeing how love can make you kind of insane. And she's just like, I never want to fall in love. I never want to fall in love. And Nicole Kidman's little girl version is like this very wild spirit. So I like that they kind of set that up right yeah. off the bat. And she's like, I can't wait to fall in love. So, you know, very different vibes from these sisters. And then the young Sandra Bullock actually casts a spell to create a man that doesn't exist so that she'll, you know, never fall yeah. in love. Um, and I, and I kind of love that whole idea that, you know, she gives him all these crazy attributes that she knows could never exist in a person um, to protect herself in that way. So I thought that was kind of a fun idea for a spell. Yeah, it's clever. Um, and the whole idea of just being afraid of love in this way because of the curse and everything like that. So that was something I really liked in this movie. How did you feel about um, the spell and even just this curse in general? Uh, I like I like that. I like I like that spell. The curse. I'm just into long. Like I've said, I'm into long-lasting, <laughs> centuries-old curses, generational, generational curses. Yeah. <laughs> I like them anyway. I like that the movie kind of doesn't condemn but very, very clearly says that romantic love isn't the most important thing in the world. What is more important is loving our family and, you know, being accepting of each other and just coming together as 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 a family and kind of... Because I think it is saying that sometimes, certainly with Sandra Bullock, yeah. because Sandra Bullock is, the, you know, yes, okay, during the movie she falls in love, like you've said, she never really wanted to. Um, and she she's really the protagonist. I mean, yes. yes, Nicole Kidman's pretty even, but Sandra Bullock's really the protagonist here. But I, I do think that's what the movie's kind of saying. As the family bond is, like, the most important. Yeah. So um, I appreciated it like was going do... for that, and I think it, it said that successfully. Whether Whether you agree with that or not, you know, whether you agree with that sentiment. Um, because I happen to think romantic love is wonderful and should be celebrated should it come along, you know. Yeah. But the movie took a, a stance and it went for it. Or at least that's what I got from it. I don't know. That's just my reading. Well, yeah. Um, you know, Nicole Kidman's character, she kind of hates this town and that they're, you know, and they even show this whole kind of montage of the kids in the town, you know, with their little witch, witch, you're a bitch. Oh, I mean, it is a bit witch, like that as well. There's like a serious yes. so, weird mentality. Um, the town knows them. The town knows them to be witches and all of that whole kind of thing. So they are ostracized. And 
um, you know, they're still in this town as grownups and Nicole Kidman's character, uh, Jillian, she fights against that. So she, she is, you know, and as a little girl, she said she can't wait to fall in love. So she's kind of running off to be with some random guy, but it's important to her to make that bond with her sister before she goes. Like that doesn't mean she's, you know, leaving her sister behind in that way. You know, they do this whole kind of uh, your blood, my blood, our blood kind of blood pact thing before she goes. So I think even when she's about to run off with some guy, it's important to her to establish that sisterly bond. Definitely. Um, And she, she comes back to be with the, you know, and there's all these kinds of back and forth moments where they go to be there for each other. So I think, yeah, ultimately that sisterly familial love is a important through line and while this can be seen and read as a rom-com um or romantic movie uh i think they do like you said make an effort to make the familiar exactly. love uh, a part of their magic and, and a very important through line in the story. exactly and that's so, what i said i, I think it's the that. most important thing in the movie <clears throat> and this is why i said that it's such a it's, it's a good movie practical magic is a good movie in showing its sisterly bond and it's a good movie in being a feminine power movie for doing that which is why i think it's a good witch movie because witch movies are to me like i've said about feminine power unless you get like so you get certain witch movies okay you know, witch finder general and that kind of thing that's literally just vincent price running around the country burning people (laughs) <laughs> which isn't necessarily, you know, a female power movie, is it? But it's still no. a witch movie, in a sense. Yes. The witch isn't the protagonist in that movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> but any movie where the witch is the protagonist will be some level of a female power movie. Yes. It will be, and I, I, I like that. So, um, you know... We do. I did say how Jillian, she kind of leaves to go off to be wild and be in love and do whatever she wants and get out of this town where everyone just, you know, hates them. Uh, and so all Sandra Bullock wants at this point is just to be normal, just to feel normal. And her aunts kind of see her checking out this guy. They do. Who's the yes. most blonde so looking human being of all time. trips and falls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looks sweet. He looks um, nice. You know, he's fine. He's got his little fruit stand. <laughs> or whatever he owns. He wheels around a basket of apples at some point. Oh, I don't know. Like Snow White well, with his basket Well, he looks good to her, okay? <laughs> yes, he does. Um, He was small town attractive, so yes. I've uh, just figured out exactly who he is. He's the kind of character in the Lifetime Christmas movies. <laughs> who fall who who the protagonist of those movies, the young career woman from the big city who goes to the small town and it's all snowing and meets, meets that guy. <laughs> and meets exactly this man. Oh my goodness. That's who he is. Uh, yeah, I I could see him being that guy. Um, he's, he's, I've seen him in other things where he's kind of the opposite. He's like the city guy. Okay. Um, yes. So, you know. I wish we had more (laughs) Lifetime Christmas movies where it was the city guy going to the small town (laughs) and meeting the 
wholesome family woman family farm girl yeah yes. we don't have that it's always the other way around the other way around like the really strong-willed uh terrible businesswoman goes to like a countryside wherever Weird and movies. meets some like single dad it's always a single dad <laughs> always a single I feel like we had this conversation on another episode. I don't know if it was another episode or if it was a stream. I think it may have been a stream. A stream? Yeah. But I don't know. We've (laughs) definitely had this conversation. But yes, his character in this movie definitely was that guy that you would meet if you were like a big city diva. He was. Uh, Definitely. (laughs) Um, So yes, she's walking with her aunts in town and she sees this attractive guy and they kind of give each other the look. Um... And then her aunts kind of do a little spell just to kind of nudge her in that direction because they see that she's kind of sad and she's not really happy with the state of her life. And they I don't think they really like the fact that she just fears love like that. And I don't think they expected it to be love. I think they just expected her to kind of have fun and, you know, let herself be a little bit free. So they give her, they do a little bit of a magical push to get her to go see this guy and, um, they end up, you know, just meeting in the street and kissing because the spell just kind of pushed them together. But then she ends up falling in love with him. Yeah. And they have two little girls and uh, she has a happy life with him for a minute. And then that morning she hears the beetle. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I like kind of that turn. And like even her kind of whole monologue about she's writing a letter to Jillian telling her that she's so happy and, you know, all she wanted was normal. And like this sense of normalcy, like no one's casting stones at them. No one is being terrible to them, calling them witches. She just has her husband and her two little girls and, you know, she's normal and that's all she ever wanted. And she's blissfully happy with the normal. Um so I love that, like, she wants something that's so simple that she hasn't had. Yeah. So, yes, one morning she starts hearing the beetle uh, and just that crazy scene of her just trying to chase it all over the house. And she's busting up all the floorboards trying to find it. And, you know, then you kind of get clips of him and what he's doing. And you think that maybe he's going to be safe for a minute. And, like, you even see her kind of because she can sense it, her kind of breathing a sigh of relief when like all these like bikers are coming at him and he almost gets hit and then he doesn't and then there's that pause and he turns and he gets hit by is that final destination flying yes (laughs) but not as not as sudden and not as full yes um a little bit emotionally unfortunate for poor sandy yes yes um, so then she, um, goes to the ants and she's begging them, begging them to bring him back. And they say, we can't bring him back. He will come back as something unnatural. A zombie. You know, some, yes. So we can't do that. And she's like, I don't care what he, like, she sounds like the crazy lady at the yeah. start, you know, who was coming and asking for spells. And now she's become that person. Um, so like her performance there of just being desperate to get him back and being in so much pain and just begging them, begging them, begging them to bring him back no matter what, like that, that was hard. That was, that was a really good sell of those emotions for sure. Oh, she's great. She's great in this. Look, everybody's good in this movie. I have no problems with, I have no problems with this movie. Everybody's good in this movie. I I really do like the ants to be fair, because they're kind of... 
they're, they're a touch knockoff Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but <laughs> yes. but also like and is, isn't this like a, an original book anyway? So I don't know when that came out. But Sabrina the Teenage Witch sure. is obviously Archie Comics, which are pretty old. So yeah, I don't know what came first, Maybe Practical Magic or Sabrina. I would think Sabrina. I, mean, I would think know, Sabrina. Comic books were were pretty old. But also, it's a little bit the ants from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and I just like that. Yes. Like one's definitely more strict and um, practical. And one's more free spirited and kind of wholesome. Yes. So, and I think that's kind of just the inherent generational yeah, that's situation the of exactly. all the sisters. Because, exactly. you know, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kim are kind of the same. So, um, and there is a conversation about them talking about how they're going to live in a house together and grow old together yes. and die together on the same day. Um, so yeah that's kind of also part of the generational thing of these sister witches kind of just growing old together and um so you know her husband is gone so she and her girls move in with the ants and the ants were very fun there was like chocolate cake for breakfast this and that but she's done with magic because this curse and magic yeah you know has broken her heart so she kind of sinks into this depression and she's very adamant with the ants that the girls will not learn magic um, and they'll be doing their homework and brushing their teeth and no chocolate cake and no fun. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So she, you know, ha- she needs help taking care of her girls because she's kind of just in bed all day and kind of sunk into this deep depression. Uh, and, you know, I like that they kind of have these senses with each other. So, you know, Jillian kind of senses that she's hurting and, you know, wherever she's at, she comes home to be with her. And yeah. um, they have a good kind of sisterly bond and you know, and talk through things through. She talks about how she was going to open up a little botanical shop with him. And, you know, she was going to make all these shampoos and things. And they had this whole kind of plan. And, um, yeah, it's, it's... you know, Julian talks to her that you need to get up. You need to take care of your girls. You need to get back to get back to it. And after she kind of has that talk with Jillian, she, you know, gets up, she opens the shop yeah. And she's kind of back to trying to, you know, rebuild her life. So I like that they kind of have these calls to each other. No matter where they are, they can kind of sense what's happening with each other. Before we just uh, get on to kind of the the big turning point of the movie, I suppose. (laughs) And I just wanted to just say as well that I just appreciated Stockard Channing doing her very, very best Catherine Hepburn impression throughout the whole movie. Oh, yes. She was very much... You know, talking like darling. It was a little <laughs> bit next much. level. Diane Weist was not doing this impression. No, she was kind of basically like her Edward Scissorhands. Exactly the same. Very sweet. <laughs> yes. But Stockard Channing was going full Stockard on. Stockard Channing was very much talking like this most of the movie. It was, it was <laughs> the best. It was the best. Anyway, Janine. Um, Nicole Kidman's terrible boyfriend. Yes, so she tells her about this. What? Where is he from? Again? I don't know where he's uh, from. Somewhere near Transylvania, I think they say. But yeah, whether that's Romania like that. or Hungary or Bulgaria, I think I think it was Bulgarian. I want to say that's what it well, was. Bulgaria, something I mean, like that. Transylvania is in it Romania, was... so 
I think it was Bulgarian or something. Cause I think there was a whole conversation. His name was, uh, uh, uh Angelov or something I like don't that know. was his last name. Bulgarian. So Let's go she's with kind Bulgarian. Of, yes. So they kind of describe him as a vampire cowboy. Yes, they do. <laughs> and he's just very interesting to her and she does kind of fall in love with him. And her whole kind of mentality around being with him is that he's stronger than her so he could survive the curse. Yeah. So that's kind of how her mind thinks of him. And when she does come back to be with uh, Sandra Bullock, she does kind of tell her all about him and uh but he is very destructive he you know drinks he beats her he is not a good no guy. he's not he's a very dangerous guy um and uh sandra bullock gets this kind of sense she's sending she's sending jillian a letter and as she's walking back to the house the phone rings and she already knows it's jillian and that she's in trouble and so she has to go fly out to get jillian yeah um, and she goes to get her and it turns out, yes, she needs to run away from this guy because he is dangerous and he hit her and, uh, it's, yeah, he's, he's reached the breaking point. He's yes. reached the break because he and is even kind dreadful of like... because he does also kidnap them and that's not okay. <laughs> yes. She goes to Jimmy's car to get, uh, her necklace that's like a talisman you know and she goes to get it and as she's grabbing it jimmy's in the back seat and he grabs her and pulls her back there so then ultimately he's kind of keeping the sisters captive like legit he is doing that though like he's full-on doing that like he has a gun like yes. it's what's going on here where has this come from get rid of this guy now this is terrible this is this is yes. all of a sudden turned really dark. Danger, yes. Like you, we were having fun, which is let's open my little botanical yeah. shop. Let's have my daughters and um all of that. But kidnapping, <laughs> kidnapping, kidnapping, domestic abuse, abuse all of a sudden. domestic abuse. Yeah, what's going on? Um, everything kind of gets all too serious. Get so, rid of this guy. Uh, Sandra Bullock's character, I believe her name is Sarah. She is driving. And he, Jimmy's got Jillian in the back seat, and he's you know doing the whole apology after I've beaten yeah, the it's crap terrible. out of it's you. It's terrible. Spiel. And so, uh, Sarah gets the the bottle of tequila from him and starts putting some belladonna in it, which is a sedative. Yeah. So she tries to put enough in there to get him to pass out so they can get away. Um, and he starts choking Jillian. Um, and he's drank the tequila, so they're just waiting. So he finally passes out, and they're able to kind of get away. Yeah. But they realize that maybe he took too much, and he's <laughs> yeah, didn't just pass out. He's dead. Yeah, he so, did. <laughs> he did. Yes. To which we all celebrate it and go, yay! <laughs> Until we remember that uh, Sarah has children, yeah. so she can't. No matter how deplorable a person is, you can't can't murder just, people exactly so then that's when that so that's when that resurrection spell comes back up uh jillian's like you know we're gonna fry for this they're not gonna believe you know they're gonna they're gonna like sarah was like we could just say self-defense and she's like yeah slowly poisoning him (laughs) did that that's gonna be 
called self-defense. So they have to figure out what to do. And Jillian's like, well, let's bring him back to life using this spell. And Sarah tries to warn her, like, no, the ants did say, you know, he could come back as something unnatural. They were right. We can't do this. And she's like, I don't care what he comes back as, as long as he has a pulse. Because, you know. Yeah. So sisterly bond wins out. It does. And they take him back to the house. They do perform this spell. And it's very ritually, ritually. And we like that. It's all nice. (laughs) People get involved. Oh, no, people get involved later on, actually, don't they? People get involved later on in an even bigger ritually, ritually situation. Yes. Um, But Um, it is good. And it's a different, obviously, different form of the uh, resurrection spell. Because in the past, the you know, it's been wanting to be because of love. Like, I love this guy so much. He's dead because of the curse. Please bring him back. Yes. Because this guy's like... I really don't like this guy, but oh my God, I really don't want to go to prison. <laughs> want to go to jail? Yeah. So let's just bring him back just to be alive. are completely different. Yeah. yeah. So we don't fry for this. And I'm calling her Sarah this whole time and her name is Sally. Sorry. Well, yeah, um, I've just been calling her Sandra Bullock, so. <laughs> Sandra Bullock, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of Hocus Pocus. No, well, and, uh... on the phenomenal witch movie. <laughs> With a technical witch from the city, Sarah Jessica Parker. Now that's true. <laughs> Sarah. Damn it. <laughs> She's not in the city the way um, that movie. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sally. Sorry. Sorry, Sandra Bullock. Your character's name is Sally. I, I'm i more of the character person than you who just is that. Oh, yeah. I'm entirely um, actor. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like as they're kind of resurrecting him, he does wake up. And he starts strangling Jillian again, and and then uh, Sally goes all Rapunzel on him and starts whacking him in the back of the head with a cast iron skillet until he actually is dead. So at this point, now all they can do is bury him in the backyard. A really safe thing to do (laughs) when the detective comes knocking at the door. Yes, but the creepy things start happening, like. Uh, some roses just start growing overnight yeah. where he's been buried and the daughter one of the daughters sees him Yeah, she's like I'm not going out there while that man's out there and you see him kind of through like a stained glass yeah, there's a bit uh, of ghosty window. ghosty going on yes but no one else can see him so then we get into some kind of very spooky haunting vibes that he is kind of lurking and looming um, so they don't feel 100% comfortable that they got away with any of this. So I do like kind of that shift into a little bit of darkness because, yeah, this movie on the surface does kind of look like very lighthearted, happy witches rom- romance yeah. kind of situation. But I do like that they do play with some darker tones because, you know, Definitely. while witches can be cute and happy like Sabrina, like I think the core of it is very dark yeah it has to be the core of any witch movie has to have darkness should have some darkness and i appreciate that they kind of went there with that that they like actually accidentally but murdered a guy buried his body tried to do rituals on him to bring him back to life and now they're being haunted yeah uh so i do like that they did kind of play with the both light and dark sides of you know witchcraft and things like that uh, so yes, and this detective does come and starts asking questions. He has been chasing and looking for Jimmy for a while just because of his own crimes. Yeah. So him and this detective do kind of have a history. 
Um, but now he's kind of wondering about his whereabouts because his car is there and things like that. So, but him and Sally seem to have kind of a chemistry going on and Sally finds herself attracted to him and also finding herself unable to lie to him. She has a hard time like her. She just naturally wants to be honest and tell him the truth. Um, but she doesn't quite understand why. And I like that gradually we get hints of things that happened in young Sally's spell. You know, she says things like some of the attributes that she put on the man that she was going to fall in love with was like, he can flip pancakes high in the air. He, his favorite shape is a star. He can ride a horse backwards. He has one green eye and one blue eye. Um, he can hear my call from a mile away. So, um, you know, and then gradually we do see this uh, detective kind of show some of these attributes. So I loved kind of that whole twist on that, that he was the one yeah. that turns out to be the one. But it's a situation of, well, this man could send me to jail, but it turns out he's like the love of my life that I just kind of invented as a little girl and didn't really think he existed. It's weird. So I like that kind of added layer of magic and it wasn't just kind of a straightforward romance. Like it had to do with a spell and things like that. So I really liked that. That's how the romance played out, that it was a very tricky situation. No, it was a very, and I think the romance is, the romance is believable as well though. I, I, I like, I like the chemistry between those two, to be honest with you. Yeah. Aiden like, Quinn. How mm-hmm. would you, uh, I mean, would you rather go for detective man or would you rather go for <laughs> fruit cart man? I mean, I think I would go for Aiden Quinn, okay. like detective man, uh, over basic fruit cart guy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the good thing about basic fruit cart guy was that he belonged in that town, and that's where he belonged, yes. and he would never leave. He was born there. He would die there. That's kind of the guy he was. Yes. You know, detective man has traveled. He's a well-traveled. Yes, man. he's a professional man yes <laughs> but he's also he's got a he's got a heart to him he's got a heart to him i forget what the detective's actually called i think it's like howlett sheriff howlett but i don't know if they say his okay. first name but he's got a good heart to him and him and sandra bullet work well but i mean it's not the only thing going on in kind of the latter part of the movie you get, yes, you get this blossoming romance between Sandra Bullock and the detective um, that it has its obviously has its issues because there's also some murder interrogation going on with it. Yes, Gary Hallett. Gary Hallett. Gary okay. Hallett. Um, yes. But you know, romance mixed with murder interrogation is a little bit unusual. Just, just a bit. <laughs> yes. But it's like they're kind of flirting, but also yeah. kind of like also he's interrogating her. It's not even um, the only weird thing going on in the latter part of the movie, though, because we also all of a sudden Nicole Kidman has become ill. Yes. Oh, well, we, we didn't we didn't mention Midnight Margaritas. Well, we didn't. Really That's fun true. Scene. Um, so the ants come back and it's late and they decide to do a, like a little fun little spell to make some margaritas. And I guess it feels like it's a traditional mm-hmm. thing 
because as soon as they hear the blender going, Sally and Jillian wake up and they're like, Midnight Margarita. So they all go down and they're dancing to the Lime and the Coconut song. And it's a really fun scene and they're all getting drunk together. And then they're kind of like shit talking each other at the table while they're all drunk. And then Sally sees a bottle of tequila and she realizes it's Jimmy's bottle of tequila. And they ask the ants, how did you get this? Where is this from? Oh, somebody left it on the porch. So now that's when they know that Jimmy is actually haunting. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it like, I like that this fun scene uh, kind of turns into something very sinister and the ants realize, wow, these girls gotten themselves into trouble. They ask them, tell us what's going on. Tell us what you did. And they like refuse to say what happened. So the ants are like, screw you, clean up your own mess. We're leaving. (laughs) And before that, they do give them a piece of the, the, the ancestor, witch that we met at the start, I think her name was Maria. They give the girls, the daughters, uh, a piece of her rope to tie around their neck to keep them safe before they go. Um, and so they leave because, you know, Jillian and Sally refuse to be honest with them about what is going on and what they did. Um, so yeah, the, with the ants leave them to their own devices. And that's kind of when, when, uh, I mean, I'm all the share, the, the detective comes and the questioning and all of that. And yes, the slow realization that he is the man that she, I'm, I'm just a fan of, um, drunk scenes in (laughs) movies set in new England um because also what other scene are you referring to <laughs> because also there's a lot of situations in the lighthouse oh where of course okay. i was like where is this going where is this going robert pattinson willem defoe <laughs> getting hammered because basically they're just going and saying they have nothing else to do um but they also hate each other but they also really love each other like there's so much going on um, it's her. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a new segment where Morgan finds a way to relate everything we talk about back to the lighthouse. <laughs> Probably somehow. Um, but it's, it's in New England. It's in New England. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, drunk scenes that seem hilarious and fun that turn sinister. They're in both of the movies there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, yes, the drunk scene that turns into something sinister in this movie is what we've just described, whereas, oh dear, we're being haunted. Well, to be fair, in the lighthouse, you don't know if you're being haunted or not. You don't know what's going on. You never know what's going on. I don't know what happened in the lighthouse. I don't know if anything actually happened in the lighthouse. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, not not as well defined as what's happening. No, that's the point of it. For sure. <laughs> but you know, you don't get fist fights, do you? Fist fights mixed with also people nearly kissing each other. It's a very weird movie. <laughs> very weird movie. I love it. Um But yeah. Nicole Kidman also starts becoming a little bit ill. Yes, um they do Jillian and uh Sally do have a big fight. They do. You know, she feels like Jillian is being very selfish with this whole situation. She kind of got Sally into this mess. Um, and now they're having to try to clean it up. And Sally is kind of just ready to tell the detective the truth. She's like, I don't want to lie to him anymore. I can't lie to him anymore. I just want to tell the truth of what really happened. 
So she goes after the sheriff. So why do I keep calling him a sheriff? A detective. Yeah. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to tell him what really happened. And as she leaves, Jillian starts, you know, getting sick and, um, which turns out she's getting possessed by Jimmy. Yeah. By the zombified ghost spirit of Jimmy. Yes. Who actually so does show Sally himself this... <laughs> at one point as well, doesn't he? In yes, he does. Dreadful looking half CGI. Yes. But you know, nineteen ninety eight, so okay. Yes, late nineties, so we'll forgive. I mean I've seen worse. Seen worse. But... Seen worse, definitely. But you know, yes. you'd think Griffin Dunn would want to just have actual practical effects in his weird rotting zombies. Right. One... Right. Like he looked amazing in American Werewolf. And yeah, so you'd think he was I suppose they they haven't got you know. Rick Baker, have they? That's the thing. I guess not. They haven't got <laughs> The special effects, special the special effects expertise that American Wealth in London actually had. Yes. Unfortunately. Um. <laughs> yes. Uh. So yeah, um, you know, your typical late '90s CGI happens. Uh. But, uh, Sally goes and talks to the detective, and they do kind of build on their romance, like she sees that the letter that she sent Jillian that night that she went to go get her, he has it and he's read it. Like, it looks very worn. Like he's read it multiple times. And she kind of asked him like, why did you read my letter so much? Like what kind of evidence did this provide you? And he like, he won't say, so, you know, like in getting to know her through this letter, he's felt something for her and they've kind of had these sparks between them. Um, and then they end up like making out. They do. And they do. <laughs> she sees his eyes. She sees his eyes that he has one green eye, one blue, and she realizes Oh god. He is the one. He is the guy that I conjured that I would never meet and fall in love with. But it turns out he actually does exist. And then she kind of runs off. Uh she gets home and she realizes that Jillian is being possessed by Jimmy and she needs to save her. And the detective shows up because I guess, you know, it's part of the spell as well. He can hear my call yeah. from a mile away. So he probably felt her distress and showed up. And and there was something she said earlier about, you know, his badge being a star because, you know, part of the spell was his favorite shape is a star. And she says, you know, this star is not going to stop villains in their tracks, but it has power because you believe it does. So he holds up his badge to Jimmy's ghost and, you know, he believes it has power. So it ultimately hurts Jimmy yeah. and his kind of ghost like flies out of Jillian and, you know, goes back into her. So um, now Jillian is possessed and they need to get him out of her. So, so they perform a huge <laughs> community ritual. Yes, which also plays into something that happened earlier in the film. You know, the other mothers, of course, have kind of ostracized her because she's a witch and all these things. So when it's phone tree day, and that's when you kind of nominate who's going to be on the top of the phone tree to kind of call all the other moms when something goes wrong. Oh, that's Sally's what it never is. Chosen. I had no idea yes, what that was. Yeah, so like if there's an emergency with the school or the kids or something... The person on the top of the phone tree is responsible for calling. So why the hell is and... there a second and third place? Because the first, that's the one who sets off the phone tree. So like, oh my gosh, there's a snow day. So Sally would call the first mom, this next mom down. And then that next mom would call the other mom and so on and so forth. 
So she calls like the first main two and then they, oh. they are responsible for calling. I actually have that at my work. We have a phone okay. tree. So my, my boss will call the second concept. boss. The second boss will call. Yeah. So we have a phone tree where if something happens. Yeah. Really? You, so just Sally- a, you just put it in a group, <laughs> don't you? I mean, just have everybody in the same group and go, hey, guys, this is happening today. It's much easier. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, we can't do that in 1998. Okay, we can't do that in 1998. I'm just saying. They didn't have a phone trees were necessary. So um, there was kind of a fun scene where Jillian does go to the PTA, whatever phone tree meeting with her, and she does a spell to make Sally the top of yeah. all the phone tree lists. Do you not just hate? Um, to like stick it to the mean moms. Oh, do you not just, do you not just hate small town gossipy people? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I like that when the women are gossiping about them, Sally and Jillian are like making them like get whipped on the yeah. hand or something. <laughs> yeah. So then I like that this phone tree situation comes back into play. So she does use the phone tree and calls all the other moms and they do show up with their brooms to help perform this ritual. And I like that, you know, while they were very kind of mean at first, they do realize that the magic is real and, um, they're here to help and they kind of look past their, you know, prejudice and help out. So they all kind of circle up and hold hands and do witchy ritual stuff with brooms. Yeah. And it's so witchy and wonderful. Um, and Jillian's kind of in the center being possessed. And so they're trying to get him out. And, it's like an extra special uh, exorcism. Yes. So I like that, you know, they use the moms and all the people that were kind of uh, hateful to come back yeah. out and help. Um, so he, I like the kind of that whole yeah, and that's that's kind of the big finale of the movie, isn't it? Let's yes, save Jillian. Yes. Um, yes. We, let's all come together as a community and accept each other for our differences, even though that some differences are we're an actual witch with powers, um, which you know is is quite a difference, really, and would be a little yes. bit scary. But you know, let's not be hate. Let's not be hateful. Let's not go around like the children do, chanting, you witch, witch, you witch, you're a witch. Let's all throw <laughs> frogs at the witch or some or nonsense uh, of what happens. Don't even bring up the frogs, <laughs> the abundance of frogs in this movie. Yeah. A frog at one point spits up a ring. Oh, it does. Um, and, when, and, and that's like, when Janine Jimmy is possessing Jillian. <laughs> yes, when Jimmy is possessing Jillian and she's in a chair... And they are pushing the chair like a bunch of frogs just come out from under the chair and they all have to like put them in a bag and like throw them outside and like, oh, that's just, it's just too much for me. It's too <laughs> like, much for you. You can't, you can't handle frogs. You can't handle if, frogs. If you, you're new here, I am terrified of frogs. So, yes, it, it was very creepy. And it's always funny, really, <laughs> how your favorite movie or your favorite Disney movie is Princess and the Frog. It's Princess and the Frog, yes. For obvious reasons and also for really, really not obvious reasons. That is your favorite movie. Well, I mean, you know, Tiana is afraid of frogs. Tiana is afraid you of frogs, but she's also a frog for most of the movie. Well, that would be me if I turned into a frog. Like, I would be disgusted by it, but uh, this, is, this is my lot in life. Like, the irony of that would be something okay. that would happen to me. No, so. Okay. <laughs> I accept that. That's that's nice. I like that. Yes. Okay. Um, yes, there are there are a, a lot of a lot of frogs in this movie, but frogs. I do like the yes. ritual as the final big uh, big finale of the movie. 
Yes. And we do get another callback of the, you know, your blood, my blood, our blood situation um, that they had. You know, she kind of lures Jimmy out uh, by like bringing out the tequila. And once he kind of pops up, she grabs Jillian and, you know, does the whole kind of cut your hand with the blood, put it together. You know, our your blood, my blood, our blood, we're sisters. And that kind of repels Jimmy out of her. He turns to dust and they use the brooms to sweep him out and they throw this gross looking potion to bury his spirit deep in the earth for all time to bind him away. And everything's happy except Detective uh, Howlett or whatever his name (laughs) is, uh, Aiden Quinn guy, uh, he is gone and he, yes, um, and he sends a letter just saying, hey, you know, you guys are uh, free from all your crimes. I'm just going to say that this is what really happened to Jimmy. That yeah. <laughs> he disappeared or whatever. Um, and it's like not a romantic letter at, at all. It's just very like basic. Um, and so she's a little bit sad. Uh, but then he ultimately knows that he's the one and he comes back and happy endings for all happy endings for all indeed but you haven't watched practical magic 2 where in fact it's the detective that gets the beetle so oh god it's happened again oh no oh we have to go through You're the whole terrible. situation they again. did they did make it clear that the curse was they broken did. yes so did. no more beetles yeah. no more evilness. no more beetles no, no it is a happy curse was broken Yes, they do kind of show a flash of when um, Jillian is saved by Sally that uh, is kind of a flash to Maria, the original witch that we saw, kind of finally at peace. Yeah. So you get that sense that... Happy endings for all. No more witch hunts. is broken. No more crying witch in the street for all the children. You know what that reminded me of? All that nonsense where the community would just berate them for being witches. It reminded me of this really ridiculous sketch show on British children's television. That I've sent I've sent you a video of this. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I sent you a video of this. It's hilarious. The show. The show. It was it used to be on when I was about eleven, twelve, or something like that. Um on, like, children's TV in Britain. But it was kind of one of those shows that literally just everybody would find hilarious. Because it was just smart. It wasn't, like, pandering or anything yeah. like that. And, I, or just for children. No, or just for children at all. Um, It was called Sorry I've Got No Head. That was the name of the show. But it was just a sketch show. And one of the sketches was... I think it's the comedian... I think it's the comedian Miles Jupp that plays this Puritan. He plays a Puritan, but he's just, like, in random modern scenarios, like, going to the shop or on a train or something like that. But he's just dressed in full Puritan garb. He looks like a Puritan, and he acts like a Puritan. And if somebody does him wrong, like they always do in these sketches, like, he'll go to the shop, and he won't have enough money to buy what he wants to buy or something like that. So he'll just stand there for a little bit, for a few seconds, and then just scream that they're a witch and point at them and just <laughs> shout, you're a witch, a witch, she's a witch. 
and just say these things. And then, and then, it's not even, that's like, that's hilarious in in itself. I know I'm explaining it, but it is. But then like a group of six people, again, dressed in like 17th century clothes. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Just kind of run into the scene chanting witch, 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 and then pick up the witch and just remove the witch from the area. Oh, my God. I love that so much. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. It's very funny. But it reminded me of that when they were all shouting, witch, witch. I was just expecting somebody to just hop in, chanting, and just drag them out. It is very funny. It is very I funny. Love that. Oh my god! I need to watch more of that. It was a very, very funny show. I liked that. Anyway, Perfect. anyway, Janine, I think we should finish this episode off with our voice message because I do believe yes. Billy has something to say about practical magic. Yes, and we do actually do get a pretty witchy ending. They are in their, you know, stripy witchy stockings, oh, and they true. jump off the roof on Halloween. Yeah. Dressed as witches with the hats and everything. Yeah, I mean, we get hats. Hats, the witch hats have not been abundant in this series at all. No, but we do get them here. So. We do. We do. Well. All right. So what did, let's see what Billy had to yeah. say about practical magic. Hey, Morgan and Janine. It's Billy Pollahan, the best hype man in the business and the number one caller in your face, Carla. Um, so I just got done watching Practical Magic and I have a big smile on my face because it's a very heartwarming, a little cheesy, but very enjoyable movie. Sandra Bullock, Aiden Quinn, Nicole Kidman, and a very young Evan Rachel Wood. And yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, nice little witchy flick that has a lot of heart. A lot of candles and a lot of frogs. And you can watch the main show, Machine Mondays. And Morgan hasn't seen all just whenever you want. So, yeah. Hype Man out and uh, happy October. Happy October to you too, Billy. Thank you. Billy seemed to like Practical Magic as well. And also, of course, mention the frogs. Yes, of course he had to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> While Janine throws up. But it did get, give the Halloween vibes. For oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm very happy I watched the movie, Janine. It was the it was the movie that you told me that I would like the least. Um, I thought you might, yeah. We haven't finished but the then I forgot. Yet. I forgot... I forgot there were some darker tones here, and I our next pick I actually haven't seen in quite a while. So well, I am I am I am kind of particularly excited about the next pick. Now, I mean, just for the cast alone, literally just for the cast alone. um, Susan Sarandon, Jack Nicholson, who else is in it? Other people, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Cher. Cher. Yes, Cher. Witches of Eastwick. You're blonde, your redhead, and your brunette. Witch. And your Jack Nicholson. Uh, yes. Let's, let's not forget about Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and and um, your Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. Yes. I'm looking forward to the Witches of Eastwick a lot, to be honest with you. Um, I want serious satanic witchiness. 
and definite evil, evil things going on. That's what I'm looking I think, for. I think you'll get a good mix of the light. You okay. Know, let's enjoy this magic. This is fun. And then, ooh. Okay. Sinister devilness. I like <laughs> it. I'm into it. From what I remember, because I've only seen this movie one time, and it was a long while okay. ago, but I do remember enjoying it. Okay. So, um, well, look, I liked. Pra- I definitely liked visit. Practical Magic. I mean, sure, it's the most kind of in, in parts. It's the you know, it's a, it's a it's a fun witch movie, but it does go dark. But you know, you, your witch movies can be fun and they can be dark. It doesn't mean any are better than others, or worse than others. Just different styles like, of witch movies, yes. of which practical and I did like, is good. Yeah, yes, and I did like that the romance was tied to some kind of spell yeah. and uh, magical element. It wasn't like um, I'm going to. Like, you know, it's not like your typical rom-com where, you know, they see each other for the first time and, oh, they're already in love. No. Uh, I like that magic was a driving yeah. force between all the kind of romance that happens in this movie. So, Definitely. Um, it was, that made it, you know, stand out in its rom-com elements. It did. It certainly so, did. Yeah. Well, I think there we go, Janine. Do there we go. Yay. Do there we go. Yes. Do there we go? That does make sense. <laughs> I think that makes grammatical sense. I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> and I will just say quickly that you know Billy is a great hype man for us, so let's hype him up a little bit. And you know he does have a show. He does, he does with Raúl Rodríguez. He does. Um, see you next summer. So check that out. Yes, it's a good show. Find it again. All the all all the uh, all the places podcasts can be found. I believe you can find the See You Next Summer podcast with Billy. And Raul. So, there you go. Go and check that out. He's great. Billy's great. Raul's yes. great. Raul's a very passionate yes. man. We he like is. Raul. We love we're, that. We, we're, big, we're big fans of Raul's passion. Yes. In everything, in every sense. You will seldom find a more passionate human being. Yes. There yes, we go. I concur. There we go. <laughs> well, Practical Magic 1998 is episode three of Season of the Witch. One Morgan <laughs> hasn't seen. I'm going to start calling it Season of the Witch, even though we've only got one more movie left to do. However, we do have another witch movie coming up on the main show this week, Janine. Yes. Bell, Book and Candle from 1958 with Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak. The other movie with them two from 1958 that's not one of the best movies of all time, but still a no. really, really good movie. Yes. And we're talking about that on the main show on Friday. It's also got Jack Lemon and Elsa Lanchester in. So, you know, all round good things going on in Bell, Book and Candle. Um, we also had Machine Mondays this week, of course, which, where you were breaking down the big uh, throwdown, the big schmodown yes. throwdown, and all the things that happened there. Great, great matches discussed so check it out well that's what we have on the it's a wonderful podcast feed of course mondays machine mondays um wednesdays we have morgan hasn't seen of course and fridays it's a wonderful podcast the main show you can find those on anchor apple podcast spotify stitcher google podcast Castbox, and a whole bunch of others everywhere podcasts can be found or just find the show on twitter at it's a wonderful one i'm on twitter at the purple dawn with the three instead of the e in the because janine Three is the magic number.
or on Instagram at just the purple done. You can check out the It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon, where we have so many things going on and so many things coming new as well, including the nice watch alongs that we're going to start doing. We did the Invisible Man this past weekend. That was fun. The original 1933 Invisible Man. Um, we're going to try and do th- get better with the watch-alongs, I think, as well. Um, <laughs> yes. It takes time. Streaming, like, streaming a, a thing that's not just people talking or people, like, playing a game. Like, doing a watch-along is a, is a little bit more finicky than you think it is. Yes. Like, you don't want to just sit there and watch the movie and not say anything. You have to kind of give commentary, but you also kind of want to watch the movie. So you have to kind of find that really solid balance of, uh, you know, our natural ridiculous rapport while still paying attention to this movie and calling things out. So um, I'm just definitely excited for the upcoming watch along that we have planned. Yes, uh, to definitely get all of you in the Halloween spirit if you are not already. And what's that going to be? we are going to be watching Monster Squad. Morgan has not seen it. Um, and he loves Universal Monsters. So I'm excited to kind of see them in this goofy, uh, you know, discount Goonies kind of way. So, yeah, guys. That is this Sunday? Sunday at 2. So okay. join us for that. That's going to be fun. Too Pacific. Too Pacific. Yes. Yes. So dance until you drop. Dance until your feet fall off. That's the kind of from Monster Squad. <laughs> yes, okay. that is the kind of very eighties theme song that plays. Oh, I know <laughs> that song. Yeah. I know that song. You, yeah, you just you just Dance sung it in a very. Fall off. <laughs> you, you just sung that song in a, such a a speaking <laughs> way that it took me ages <laughs> to actually realize what you were saying. Yes. Um, yes. Wonderful. Yes, that song is featured in the Monster Squad. We have got that coming up as, as a watch along. <laughs> uh, the watch alongs are for everybody. They're just on. They're on my YouTube channel, but they'll be all over the social medias uh, and the Patreon itself, yeah. so you'll be able to see. And I think we will actually do polls for the patrons, um, so they can vote on what we do watch. Well, there's so much going on on the Patreon so. anyway. Yeah. You know the 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 streams, the bonus content, the voting, and that kind of thing. The watch alongs themselves. Um, yeah, the artwork, all the all the artwork for you, the little videos you get, little extra clips, little newsy things. This is loads. So go on the Patreon, yes. patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one, or just it's a wonderful podcast on Patreon if you want. You don't have to. You don't have to, but we are endlessly supportive. We're endlessly supportive. We're not supportive. We're endlessly <laughs> grateful to those who support us. That's what I was trying to say. Yes, thank uh, you. We guys. certainly are, uh, and we love we love everybody that we love everybody that listens. Quite frankly, I do. Yes, but not enough. Oh, well, you do. not enough. <laughs> well, I well, yes, I do, and you do as well. I do, but you need. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say, I don't love people enough to have the beetle try and kill them oh, don't not that much so, so yes you're not yes. gonna die don't worry guys yes we've broken the curse no and more curses we'll be able to love you guys forever exactly so. perfect thank you it's perfect <laughs> janine all your good stuff where's that oh 
And you can find me at Janine DeBean on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to check out any of my artwork, you can find all of that at my Tee Public shop at G9Design on tpublic.com. Well, there we go. I think there's only one thing left to do. I would ask you to do it in your best Stockard Channing doing an impression of Catherine Hepburn impression. But I might ask you oh. to instead do your your best impression of somebody who really hates a witch. Somebody who really <laughs> hates witches. But I don't hate witches. No, but you have to do your impression. <laughs> so basically, it's just saying, three witches, two witches, one witch. Get rid of the well, witch. you did it. All right. So, <laughs> I think you Bye. Bye. Witch, witch, you're a bitch, witch, witch.